I had to be honest with myself and say, you know, mom, I really feel uncomfortable being kissed on the mouth. I'd rather just have a kiss on the cheek. She was really hurt. It was as if I broke up with her. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves and others. You know those deep, dark secrets we probably want to go to our grave with? Or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Nicholas. Now, Nicholas, I have a question for you. Shoot. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) What is your secret? I, well, my... (laughs) Okay, my mother still goes to kiss me on the mouth. Oh. I'm 34 years old, to put it in perspective. And I have a girlfriend, and I've lived on my own for a long time. But she still goes in for the lip smacker. Wow. It's really, I didn't know that it was weird. It was just what she always did, you know? I have to say that I remember dating a guy that his mother would like pinch him on the butt. (laughs) And it always made me really uncomfortable. I bet. Yeah. So it's this thing. It's kind of a power move. Yeah, but I have to tell you, I have a son and I, I kiss him. I kiss him on the lips. And but I don't think I do that at 34, but I don't know. So I think there's a shelf life on it. Yeah. When's that shelf life, by the way? What do you feel like it is? <laughs> I think it was about I remember coming up against it as a kid. And when? 
like 15 well i mean forever i think like probably you know like getting dropped off at school in like first and second grade and feeling embarrassed and like oh you don't have to be embarrassed about me sweetie oh you don't have nick it's okay (laughs) you know like i'm your mother you know i gave birth to you yeah why are you embarrassed about me and then like and then it would turn on me i'm like oh i'm sorry i'm wrong for being embarrassed uh so you know i definitely I, i remember like like at school like my first school then a middle school like there was that whole thing and I remember even at prom like I did not want her to come in to take pictures because oh. I was afraid of being embarrassed because it was like kind of this over I think it was like a symptom of like an overarching like mommy issue you know what right I mean? is there other things that you know would she just give you too much attention and affection on top of it well, I think as kids, you know, you know, my my folks split up when I was really young, so I became a man of the house, right. you know, at five years old. Like a role you should not have as a young kid. Totally. And, <laughs> you know, I remember feeling weird about cuddling with my mom. I remember at one point I was like, is this sex? Like, I was like so afraid. And like, seriously, my voice, I was like, could not get it out. I was like, she's like, she's like, sweetie, what is wrong? I'm like, is this sex? You asked her that? <laughs> I asked her that. At I, what I didn't age know. was that? I, maybe seven. You know, I have no idea, but I remember being so scared to ask. And then mm-hmm. it was like, but then it was that same thing of like, no, sweetie, it's fine. You know, it's just cuddling. And so, you know, you know, coming into adulthood and like actually like realizing, you know, it wasn't until I was at a birthday party. It was a big birthday party. I had a bunch of friends and a bunch of, it was a, it was a big celebration. And it was like right after the song, my mom plants one on me in front of everyone. And then I was giving a speech and I'm like, well, now everybody here knows my mom still kisses me on the mouth. You said that in the speech. Big laugh. Oh, and it was like one of those things where it's like, thank God somebody said it. You know what I mean? Oh, wait, what birthday was this? You have to be specific. Let us know what birthday. It is. Well, it was it was actually a, uh, a sober birthday. So I was, oh. you know, I had, I, you know, it's probably my very first year sober. So six years ago. So I was like 20. 28. And, uh, and it was like a huge room of people, you know, some that I knew, some that I knew very well, and some I didn't know at all. And it was, uh, you know, it was funny until it wasn't funny, you know, and then it was like the second year and the third year. And, you know, and then people like, oh, here it comes, here comes the kiss. And I was just, I finally got to a point where I had to like start, I had to be honest with myself and say, you know, Mom, I really feel uncomfortable being kissed on the mouth. I'd rather just have a kiss on the cheek. And it was, again, it was one of those big conversations of like, like back when I was a kid, I'm like, I can't say it. It's too much. Yeah. (laughs) But I finally just like kept it really light and polite. And it came up naturally and organically of just like, you know what, mom, I think I'd be more comfortable with a peck on the cheek. She was really hurt. It was as if I broke up with her. uh, And I think that's... (laughs) I didn't obviously break up with my mother. She's still my mother, always will be. And there was some heartbreak that I could see, you know. Mm. And I think that I felt some heartbreak too, that like that there was an end of a certain innocence that had been kept alive. Right. Like an end of an era or an end of that relationship. Totally. That version of the relationship. Do you think she was always holding on to that little kid of you and not seeing you as an adult? I know that she sees me as an adult and and the man that I've come into, you know, Mm -hmm. for the longest time, she knew my other secret, which was that I'm a big stoner. 
You know? What? Oh my gosh! It was the secret. It was the wor- it was the world's worst kept secret because. <laughs> I was like, I thought I was like Mr. Like Mr. Secret Agent Stoner. But in reality, I mean, people on Mars knew that I was stoned, you know? I mean, you could just tell my gait and, right. uh, and, and also my braids. Uh, but there was, but the, the, the real secret was the secret that I was keeping from myself about that is that, oh, I actually don't want to smoke anymore. I'm actually tired of getting high. You know, I remember that I would quit uh, I, w- I would decide to quit while stoned and then forget that I'd made that decision until I got stoned again. So how much are you talking that you were smoking? Uh, you know, a couple joints a day, you know. Like just right did- when you woke up, you just oh, yeah. hit it? Oh, all the time, as much as I could. Uh, it was like, it was like, and there was like this weird, I had this weird mentality that like, it was part of my identity. Oh my like God, I, I know a friend this. like that. She oh. literally will smoke right when she wakes up. She says it's like for her anxiety and she can get through the day, but she would do it all the time. And I kept looking at her going, but that's not normal mm. to You're use right. that as to get out of bed. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was all about the wake and bake and I thought it made me funnier and I thought it made me like more connected to spirit (laughs) and like, and more in touch and more creative. Um, But it it also made me more isolated and more anxious, you know? Oh Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. I had like, it was like, oh, this is for my anxiety. It's like, no, the only anxiety I have is that I don't have enough pot. Like that, (laughs) that was where my anxiety lied. And because, you know, and I would see people that were really functional. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. It doesn't make sense to like be good at getting high all the time. You know, like that, like that was my goal. It's like, I just want to make this work. It's like, no, bro. It's not it's like working. Not, it's not working at all. I had like a, like a, sh- and I remember I was like, it was like right towards the end of my smoking. I'd like, I'd torn my shoulder rock climbing stone, which doesn't make, you know, any sense. And then went surfing immediately afterwards as if that would help. I mean, those were my kind of, that was oh my, my thinking. God. That was what made sense to me. You know, I had a whole alter ego at the time too. I had such a, I was such a different person that my friends would call me a different name. I went from Nick, Nicholas, Nikki to Nico, to Magnus, because what? I would just get huge. My personality would blow up and I would, I'd be the crazy guy jumping off of stuff and, you know, saying stupid things and, you know, cutting holes in blankets to put my head through and just like. See, but I, I have to tell you a secret. I didn't smoke pot until about five years ago. Oh, how was that? It was I didn't even think I was high until I started giggling. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess this is it. But I just, I have not, I, I've i probably only done, done it a couple of times, but it wasn't a thing for me. So I'm, I'm so curious and fascinated by people that would do it all the time. That's so funny. I guess this is it. That should be like and just so you know, that's the only That's the only drug I've ever done. Like <laughs> I'm like, the cleanest per- sex and love addict, obviously, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny because I think I think that like a lot of people don't even realize that that pot is a drug or think of it as a drug. It's, yeah. it's legal now, you know. But I think that with with uh, with the legalization, it, it's gonna people are gonna come to realize that it's you know not for everybody. Yeah, and uh, that was a that was a big that was something that I had to get honest with myself about. When did that happen? 
that happened a couple years before I stopped drinking as well. So that's been about eight years, eight years ago, 2012. It was, I remember very clearly, it was Friday the 13th of July in 2012. And there was fear of the world ending at 2012. And it was Friday the 13th. (laughs) And somehow, like I was keeping, I was staying at my mom's house because I was rehabilitating from the shoulder surgery. And I uh, had, I was keeping my pot in this tree, like up the road. (laughs) I came back and it was gone. I'm just picturing you like trying to hobble out with your shoulder, like, like digging in a tree, trying to find your pot. Seriously, scrambling up a hill and then not being able to find it. These damn kids found my weed. (laughs) You know, I'm like, okay, this is a good enough day one. So thankfully, you know, it's stuck and, uh, and I've managed to keep it. And my mom just actually revealed the secret to me. She oh. said, it was just recently, she says, Nick, um, do you know that big jar of pot you asked me to hold for you? <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, you said you lost it. She says, well, I, um, I was lying. I, I didn't lose it. I, I still have it. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, well, you should probably throw it out or like <laughs> braid it into some, make some jeans out of it. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it was like one of those things where, you know, because she loved me so much, which is like, you know, to bring it back to like the initial secret of like having to like set a boundary, which to me was like, you know, we were a no boundary house and, uh, and, or at least we didn't make the boundaries. That's for sure. And so, you know, there's a lot of love and she was able to see very clearly that I had these tendencies. So when she, you know, when I did have to say to her, like, listen, I feel much more comfortable, especially like having a relationship. Like, boy, did I feel uncomfortable when my mom kissed me goodbye in front of my girlfriend. Like, oh, oh. yeah, that is so uncomfortable. I can imagine. I mean, did your girlfriend say anything afterwards? Oh, yeah. She she didn't shame me or like make me wrong or make it weird. She was and it was it was kind of like but it was again, it was another one of those elephants in the room where I'm like, yeah. where and, you know, it's nice to be honest in a relationship and be like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of been weighing on me. And now it's really weighing on me because like, you're my girl. She's not my girl. She's my mother, you know? So it's, it, 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 if anything, it gave an opportunity to like set that boundary. And, but I also didn't want to lie and create another secret where, oh yeah, it's, um, you know, it makes her really, mom, it, it makes, it makes her really uncomfortable if you wouldn't do it. Like I didn't shun it off onto her and make it about my girlfriend. You know, I was like, mom, I'm not comfortable with this anymore. As opposed to like something that I would have done in the past, which would be make an excuse for someone else to where I don't have to take ownership of it. But how powerful that is that you could sit there and tell the person that bring you into this world, like this is not okay anymore. I, Mm -hmm. you can't treat me like your little boy, like this, this has to stop. How was afterwards with her? Did it take some, you know, moments of uncomfortable between you and your mother? I feel like it's more uncomfortable for her. Mm -hmm. Like I see that now, you know, I actually just saw her for the first time in like six months because of the quarantine and sheltering in place. And um, we saw her this weekend and, you know, when she goes to like, say goodbye say she, goodbye. Like, she kind like, of makes it she kind of makes it awkward and I, and I could feel her like making it awkward to make it more comfortable if that makes sense you know that completely make it- makes sense that you like over awkward it and like 
So I'm not going to kiss you on the mouth. Don't yeah. worry, son. Exactly. <laughs> it's like she goes, oh, 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 and she's sweet. And she <laughs> is, you know, she has been the best mom. And she has, you know, she has, she had a, a second marriage and had two and had twins. So they're kind of just now coming into their own sense of their manhood. They're 20 years old. So she has always had like babies and kids. She's been a mom for, yeah. you know like 34 years straight. And I think it's really wrapped up, not to like totally make up what her story is, but I'm sure that being a mom is a big part of her identity. So when I can claim my own manhood and, you know, kiss, give me a great big hug and kiss me on the cheek if you want. And, uh, and I don't mind kissing you back. You know, it's just like a simple French, not a French kiss, (laughs) uh, but like, you know, the, on yeah. the side and, and, and that's it. Cause it's, it doesn't have to be, I don't think that, I don't think that a relationship has to be, any relationship has to be defined by actions. It's, I mean, there are some, but it's more about the feeling and, and the love that is there that is a constant frequency. You know, it's like a tone. It's yeah. like the background noise, you know? So like my love is not defined on whether or not she can kiss me on the mouth or not. I love her for who she is and who she isn't at the same time. Um, but, but I can, I can, I can even see the feel, awkwardness. Yeah. yeah, but I can even feel being a mom. Like, I have to even stop myself from telling my two-year-old, like, mm. I I made you. Like, you're my property. <laughs> and, and it's like, that's not healthy. He's I not, am responsible for I, your I existence. Yeah. I can imagine if you were just a mom for 34 years and you, you grew this child and you helped mold them to who they are, that that is a huge loss for her. I can feel it as a mother, mm, even I though bet. it's it's appropriate. Those boundaries need to be set. I mean, I have to tell you that that boyfriend I had, the mom that would grab his butt, I had to say something to her. Mm. I had to say, when you touch, he's my boyfriend. He's not yours. Please don't touch him on the butt like that. You good for you? What would how did that how did that go? It actually went good. I mean, it was that awkward, like, then every time I saw her, she saw him, she would like go towards his butt and then be like, oh, sorry, sorry. I know I should, you know, so it was that, that same like kind over of like, awkward. Yeah. Yeah. That against the grain to go with the grain. Yeah. But it, it opened up a whole, like, it was, it was like uh, every like weirdness was out in the open and it mm. actually made the relationship really good. So mm. I think what you did is, so powerful. And as a mom, I need to hear this because I don't want to make my son when he gets older uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that it has definitely created more of a space and a container for us to be open and honest, you know, having just seen her, not seen her for six months and then seeing her was, it was like of information from her to me. And I'm like, wow, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm realizing that I'm in this unique position to really hear what's going on with her, you know, and, uh, and be like a point yeah. of safety. And I was like, how great that she can share all this with me in a way that not to say she can't share it with anyone else, but I think that it, it's put me in a position to be there for her in a way that maybe 
I wouldn't have been able to had I not set a boundary like that and, and been, honest, been honest with her. You know, because I think secrets breed more secrets, whereas honesty brings more yeah. honesty and openness and, and a level playing field where everything is out in the open. But it's also when you're talking right now, I feel like instead of just being her son now, you're almost her equal. You know, parents and kids, their relationships change mm. over the years. And sometimes people get stuck in them, especially parents, because you look at your kid and you still see them as this young kid. But when those boundaries are set, it like now you guys can be friends. Sure. sure. Yeah, we can. I can be there for her in a way that I wasn't able to before. And, and you know, I'm the I'm the firstborn. And so I think that it's important for her to have a good relationship with me. It's important for me to have a good relationship with her as well, but just, just so that yeah. I can be an example for my younger siblings that, you know, it's that our mom doesn't have to be this, like this person that we make crazy somehow, you know, because that can be, cause that can be the <laughs> easy thing to do. like, Oh, that's mom being mom. That's like, like yeah that's needy mom she's a human she has feelings Mm -hmm. and she you know is in this position where she she birthed our whole team and and now we're all humans and we're all individuals and how do we relate to one another openly because i don't want to have anything in between my love for her. I don't want to withhold love. I did that. I did that long enough and it did not work out for me. It caused me to go and act out in all these other ways. Well, I always like to take these kind of secrets, especially with the one with your mom. And I like to tie the seven deadly sins to them, not in the religious sense, more in the character defect sense, where they lie for you and why. So let me name them for you. We got pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth. So does any of those attach to why you didn't tell your mom for so long, keeping that hmm, secret? I think definitely sloth of like, oh, it'll sort itself out. And if anything, I think sloth could be replaced with denial. You know, uh, mm, I just had that uh-huh. realization right now. I got chills. Um, the idea that like, oh, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. It only comes up at Thanksgiving and, you know, where it's, you know, like actually, no, it is a big deal. And like, you know, having gone years without saying like, ma, that makes me uncomfortable, you know? Uh, (laughs) so I think definitely that. And, and I, and I would, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I'm sure I could relate all of these, you know, having anger that she couldn't read my mind. And couldn't like, and that she had, you know, boundaries that most people might consider reasonable and envy of other people's, you know, like, you know, or like, oh, envy of so-and-so's mom, she, because she doesn't do that, you know, and, and, you know, uh, and then absolutely my pride being affected that like, oh, why is this something that I have to do? Or I shouldn't have to do this. You know, doesn't she realize that that's wrong? I'm not going to, you know, like dignify, I I shouldn't have to set a boundary, that kind of thing. So I can see how a lot of these intertwined with it. And because I, you know, I, I, I'm often reminded that it's never one thing. Yeah. Well, I just, I love also seeing like, holding that secret for so many Mm. years, who did it benefit and who did it harm, do you think? Well, I think it harmed me and my relationship to her Mm -hmm. because I wasn't able to be as honest with her about other things because there was this other thing that was there, 
You know, there was like, there was still something in the room there, or there was something in the way, you know, metaphorically between us being close because I wasn't being completely honest with her. It's like, you know, uh, one of my favorite teachers says it only takes a little bit of shit on the bottom of your shoe to make your whole car smell. You smell totally. You know, it's like, there's only takes a little bit of dishonesty or withholding honesty or with withholding some truth to create a dynamic or attention. So I, I was definitely, uh, we were both harmed by me not being honest with her because she had no beef with it, you know, and that's fine. She yeah. could, you know, that, that's okay. It's okay for her not to have beef with it. It's okay for her to kiss. It's okay for her to kiss my other siblings if, if they're okay with it. Uh, it's just that by me, it was harming the two of us, our relationship, our dynamic by having that little bit of shit in the room, you know? Yeah. Cause you're probably pulling away even when you're not aware you're pulling away. Totally. Oh my gosh. The idea of like, you know, we'd be playing a game and it's like, oh, like I'm, she's getting under my skin in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like when it's reality, it's like, it's not about the way that she's rolling the dice in this board game. It's the way in that, you know, and it's 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 the fact that she still smooches me and how it makes me feel makes you know makes me feel inferior or it makes me feel like I'm a kid it reverts me back to that kid of like being in trouble and having to please mommy and as long as mommy's okay then everybody's okay you know like that's not you know or like you know or, or bending my um point of view or my opinion to suit her so that then we'll be safer like as long as i agree with her then everyone's going to be okay you know then i'll be okay Wow. Or like I, or like keeping secrets from her about school, like stupid stuff, you know, like schoolwork projects where like, I just don't want her involved because. Yeah. Cause you didn't want another thing. She was just like enmeshed with that way. Totally the enmeshing quality. So do you think it actually affected your relationships? Yeah. I think it affected my intimate relationships with women yeah. to where I was looking for them to save me. I was looking to be rescued or, or to be, or to feel whole with a woman, you know, that I, that, uh, or like, like for a woman to complete me, you know, I'm ready to be completed world. <laughs> and there is, God, a, there we're always a, looking for something to complete us. Like, <laughs> yeah, and there's another half out there that, <laughs> oh my God, that I, I hate that's gonna that. fit into all the pockets and then everything that's, uh, that's empty will now be filled you know that's why i don't believe in like soulmates you know they believe like you're cut in half and your other souls out there and you have to reunite to be whole and i'm like Ugh, gag that doesn't me. sound reasonable yeah <laughs> that sounds so that's, that sounds like a fantasy you know and, and growing up and watching all those fantasy movies i think definitely you know you know perpetuated that and the idea that like my mom is this like big presence this like superwoman mm-hmm. that like you know and and the uh and that everything's got to be okay with her for me to be okay definitely went into my other relationships and i think that's why i probably didn't have a good shelf life with it and like to be honest like i was often a real shithead kid and young adult you know and 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 being stoned all the time definitely didn't help so if i wasn't her son she probably wouldn't have kept up a relationship with me, you know, which, (laughs) which is probably why I, you know, I couldn't keep a relationship for the longest time. Wow. Well, my last question for you, because you've already really moved through this. You've had that conversation with her. If someone out there is listening and they have, you know, an enmeshing thing or something that makes them uncomfortable with their parents, what would be your advice for them? You know, I think, 
having that conversation of like, and because our parents love us. And yeah. I think I think our parents, you know, they've only been guided to love their children the way that their parents taught them. And, you know, you know, two generations back is not a long time ago, but it's a totally different culture. Totally and, different. And so, you know, they want, they want, you know, you talk to any mother or father, like, I, what do you want more than anything in your life? It's like, oh, I want, I want to be happy and I want my kids to be happy, you know? So I think that if something, if, if, if one of our, you know, if someone is not happy in a relationship with their parents, I would suggest having that conversation. Like, Hey mom, dad, I, I want to have a conversation. And then like, and like teeing it up, there's something so powerful about like, Hey, I want to have a conversation about something is now a good time. <laughs> It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like out of the realm of like what? It's like, uh, no, it's not. I, I gotta you know gift wrap these presents or, yeah, yeah I'm hungry. I, it's yeah. not a good time if I'm hungry right now. Oh my gosh, please! Like I get emergency hunger in about two seconds from. Oh my god, I turn hunger. into a nightmare. I'm like, get away from me! Don't just give me a bar, and uh, and uh, on my way to the restaurant. And uh, so, but there's something about like setting it up for success. Like, yeah, is now a good time? Uh, I'd love to check in with you about something. Listen, I've been feeling uncomfortable about X. Mm-hmm. And what's happened, like the result has been Y. And I don't like Y. I, I want Z, you know? Like I, you know, and for, you know, my example, like mom, I like, you know, I don't feel comfortable with you kissing me. You know, it's it's made me like kind of withhold love from you and shrink up a little bit and kind of seize up and in a way be afraid of you and kind of like hold back love from you. And yeah. I don't like that. I, I want to live in, in Z land, which is, you know, I want to live in World War Z <laughs> where, <laughs> where we can be open with our love and kind and compassionate and like, um, appropriate you know i want i want to have some you know i want to have that where you know someone who's looking in like a partner or a friend wouldn't feel uncomfortable from that yeah you know and you know and that is like like who can who could deny that yeah because it's coming from a place of love i think when you come from a place of love and understanding like we use that used to be okay it's just not okay anymore but i still love you mhm yeah, but nothing, it makes me changes. uncomfortable. Yeah, I yeah, and it's and it's it's funny because it can be, it's like I I don't want to like, you know like, even just the idea like hearing it makes me uncomfortable, that to me is almost like it's almost a little bit of a there's a little bit of a throw like a little bit of a barb thrown, mm. you know I you know it's a, I like to keep it all on my side of the street like I feel uncomfortable when I get kissed by you. Right. You know, it's like, it's not like you make me uncomfortable when you kiss me. To me, that's like, oh, that's like, that's like shots fired. That's like fighting words. Yeah. I get, you know, when we kiss, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I hear that. Even me, I just hear it coming through my own headphones. It's like, oh yeah, there's like, there's like zero degrees. It's just the fact that I get left with this feeling when this happens. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing this secret and your story with us. My pleasure. I feel so relieved right now. I do too. I'm like, (laughs) ooh. (sighs) (sighs) Well, thank you, honestly. My pleasure. My pleasure. So nice to connect. And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com.
Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.